Sefer Bamidbar, Parshat Matot Maseh, An Inviting Others In. This week we bring to a close the book of Numbers, Sefer Bamidbar, with the double Parsha of Matot Maseh. In Parshat Matot, which means tribes, the Jews are approaching the land of Israel, and the leaders of the tribes of Reuven and God, and of half the tribe of Manasseh, say they don't want to cross over into the land. They want to stay on the east side of the Jordan because the land in Jazer and Gilead is better for the vast amounts of cattle that they own. This enrages Moshe because it reminds him of the sin of the spies who responded with fear after scoping out the land and caused Israel to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Moshe says, Are your brothers to go to war while you stay here? Why will you turn the minds of the Israelites from crossing into the land that the Lord has given them? If you turn away from God, who then abandons them once more in the wilderness, you will bring calamity upon all this people. They then quickly come to a compromise. Moshe concedes that if the tribes of Reuven, God, and Manasseh go in and help to fight to conquer the land, they can later go back to live east of the Jordan. The issue at play here is the conflict between the interests of the individual and the interests of the community. It would benefit these cattle owners financially to own the superior farmland, but the nation needed them as military support. Moshe's task then was to reorient their focus from the self to the collective with regard to supporting the nation in war, but also in smaller ways. In chapter 32, verse 16, the tribal leaders tell Moshe, we will build here pens for our flocks and towns for our children with the order of these tasks, flocks before children, putting the financial ahead of the familial. Moshe, however, eight verses later, flips their priorities, telling them, build towns for your children and pens for your flocks. Here, Moshe teaches them the mindset necessary for Israel to be a functioning society. We can also view this conflict as an important leadership moment. Moshe is shocked by the tribe's desire to stay back. After all his people had been through, it would have been reasonable for Moshe to simply cut these tribes off but instead he decides to give them their preferred land. This is the example that God, God's self sets, as it says in the book of Hosea, I drew them in with human cords, with leading strings of love. Yes, we can try to reach our goals through division and stubbornness, but drawing people over to the side of goodness via love and inclusion is ultimately the only winning strategy. To be sure, There is the concern that if the leadership makes one concession, the people will ask for many more. However, if they are being drawn into the larger mission of the community, their desires will begin to align more closely with the groups. Another thing we can learn from this Parsha is that different people and different factions might have different missions and want different things. We could view that as a negative, that not everyone is on board with working toward the communal vision of success. Or we could, 
in the spirit of Moshe, allow people to play different roles while simultaneously helping them to see the bigger picture. The same goes for the relationship between Jews in Israel and Jews in the diaspora. While the specific endeavors of our lives may differ, we are all a part of the same people of Am Yisrael, and we all share an interest in the thriving of the Jewish project. This also applies to pluralism within the local communities in our own lives. The people around us will have a wide range of visions for how to best spend their time and effort. The priorities of a lawyer, a school teacher, a stay-at-home parent, a restaurant worker, and a clergy person might all look very different. Even within the Jewish world, we encounter people with drastically different conceptions of how to best serve the Jewish people. But often, rather than dismissing those who think differently, we should, like Moshe, be finding ways to bring them into a shared plan for progress. And when we ourselves are brought into greater group, we must remember our responsibility to contribute toward the team's endeavors. I remember as a young progressive Orthodox Jew that I didn't belong. When I was accepted into rabbinical school, I was accepted with an embrace of both aspects of my commitments. It was affirming and I've tried to contribute uniquely from within those commitments to tradition as progress as well. So too in the inner life, we can make an effort to bring our uncooperative urges, such as sadness and despair, along for the ride, thus turning them into healthier and more beneficial feelings. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov taught the following allegory. Sometimes when people are happy and dance, they grab someone standing outside the circle who is depressed and gloomy. Against the, their will, they bring them into the circle of dancers. Against their will, they force them to be happy along with them. It is the same with happiness. When a person is happy, gloom and suffering stand aside. Yet greater is to gather courage to actually pursue gloom and to introduce it into the joy, such that the gloom itself turns into joy. It is like a person who comes into a celebration. The abundant joy and happiness transforms all their worries, depression, and gloom into joy. That's Rebbe Nachman. Friends, as we continue our journey of Torah study and social action, may we strive to find ways to always bring along those who would otherwise be left out. Shabbat Shalom.